Welcome to the Beth and Kelly Show, a weekly Facebook Live conversation between Beth Fortune and Kelly Klingen. That's me. And we've made it into a podcast. Beth Fortune currently serves as Education Director at Wintergrass, the National American String Teachers Association Board, and Chair of the National Council for Orchestral Education. I currently serve as Education Director at Jazz Ed the Washington president at Jazz Education Network and Jazz Curriculum Officer for Washington Music Educators Association. We have a platform and we really want to leverage it for positive change. Please hit us up. Let's have a conversation and uh, let's move our practice as music educators forward. We're live. Yes. Oh, man. That's two weeks in a row. I've nailed the downbeat. Every time it's successful, it feels like a miracle. It seriously feels like a miracle. I just text hard. And it's working. And um, Kevin is here with a beverage. Beth just was like, dude, you got a drink. It's happy hour. So look at that. Hello, Kansas City. This is a a Tank 7 craft ale from boulevard i have um some coffee in my university of idaho lionel hampton jazz festival mug i'm having some chicory coffee wow from narlins how very new orleans of you i know what you got beth you got a fizzy water it's my tonic my friday afternoon teacher happy hour tonic yep it feels fancier when it's tonic yeah you know it glows in the dark isn't that what glows in the dark isn't it tonic water i don't think so are you sure you like put a flashlight up to it and it has a glow i've never tried but i'm i swear i read that somewhere all right well i'm gonna investigate that after the show yeah it matters not not, except (laughs) for you know being um a learner or a student is, I guess, sort of the topic where we got on board for today, right? Well, you know, it's kind of the whole, um, what happens when a person decides they're going to become a music teacher? Right. What happens? What happens then? I mean, I'm pretty interested in, uh, all of the things that must sort of boop into place to inspire us person to want to become a music teacher. But then I'm extra interested because I feel like maybe we can control it a little better. Extra interested in what happens to someone through the college process and who comes out the other end as a young teacher. That is pretty interesting to me. And uh, so we are joined with somebody new to both of our lives, not totally new to my life. Kevin, how did we, okay, here's my memory of what happened. And it wasn't that long ago, but I feel like at Seattle Jazz Ed, I reached out to the UW School of Music and was like, I noticed that you don't have your jazz pedagogy class happening this year uh could maybe jazz ed teach that or something because it's really really important and they were like um no but we do have somebody coming who's going to be teaching it and we'll put you in touch this is this is him okay yeah i didn't know about that i think that's what happened i didn't know about the that like first part where you reached out uh i knew about the communication okay um and that's how i got your name and then yeah emailed you because we were look it was looking like we were going online this this quarter which absolutely happened and i was yep. like well i don't i don't know how to do this yeah so we uh talked about ways to do it and then i was a guest uh i guess teacher for the crop of kiddos um recently like a couple yeah, weeks like ago two weeks ago yeah it yeah was, that was uh, my first like Zoom Zoom class from the airport. I uh, wow. was leaving to go get married 
and that was like the only flight you know last minute covid related yeah, wedding. wedding uh and yeah so i started the class and kelly was kind enough to come in and talking and it, it actually just worked out that um she was she was gonna do that before i we even had all of this wedding perfect. stuff planned yeah just serendipitous yeah it was awesome. awesome. Congrats on the wedding. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Very nice. Um, well, I thought it would be fun if we each told uh, our little music ed personal story. And I mentioned that to Beth and she said, dude, we're going to need an in-house therapist for that episode. And I <laughs> laughed so hard because that <laughs> is true. But I still think maybe just a surface one, just uh just to give a little bit of maybe where we're coming from before we yeah. start talking. I, I know if I start talking without a little preamble, um, uh, it will be shocking. People are gonna think you're a crazy lady. Right, which I, I mean, they're allowed Me to it's think okay. that, you know, either way, but I think I'll just share mine and you two don't have to, but, but I'm going to, how about that? Um, so I went to the University of Washington where Kevin teaches and um, I knew in high school that I was going to be a music teacher and I always knew I was going to go to the UW. It was the only school I applied to. That was just where I was going to go. Um, so I didn't do any of that investigating of schools and what they can do for you or what they have to offer. It was the only school I ever considered. Um, because I thought it was great. I thought, God, I'm so lucky that I grew up in this city with this amazing music ed program that, that um, produced some of the greatest music teachers I know. Why wouldn't I go there? And the only You're thinking other, like Scott Brown. I'm like Scott Brown, my mentor went there. So yeah, that's enough for me. Um, and uh the only other viable place felt like central and I was not going to be living in Ellensburg backed. So, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and, um, you know, so I, I went through the, um, all the coursework. I got myself all through, had all, all the meetings with, you know, counselors, what you need to do to be able to do the next thing. So I did my little checklist, my two years of piano, um, you know, the core curriculum, the theory, your training, history, private lessons, ensembles, and with the counselor going down the checklist of all the things that are required, met them all. I go for my audition for this music education program and it was great. And I go check the board posted in the hallway to see the results. Denied. It's like, what? 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 And uh, went home and I thought I was going to die. I like, could, I felt like my heart was breaking into pieces and that I was dying. And I was in bed for about a week. I, that had never happened to me before. I had never um, not been able to get out of bed and eat or talk to people. My family was really concerned about me and I had no idea what I was gonna do. My life was over. This is all I wanted to do. <sighs> okay, so pull myself together, takes about a week. I go into Dr. Morrison's office and that's I, my office now yeah is that your office oh, nice nice and i asked if we could please talk about why i didn't get in and i would love to know what i needed to work on because i would be auditioning again in the fall because i was definitely starting the coursework um that fall because that's all i had left to do to be a music teacher and i had done all of the things i was required to do and what was it and he said he just wasn't sure that I was really going to be a great music teacher. And I, and I was like, um, like, is there a class I, you need me to take or 
do you want me to play better in my audition, like my trombone music? No, I just, we weren't convinced. And I was like, okay, be more convincing. Okay, I guess I'll just practice, I'll just practice my piece some more and, um, okay. I go in in the fall, I do the audition, denied. Okay, now I go in, um, I schedule a meeting with Morrison and Demarest because Pat Campbell was on sabbatical. So this was a department of three people making the decisions, one of whom was on sabbatical. The only two who remained were white men. Okay, we sit down. Um, I ask if I could record the conversation so I could be really, really sure that I didn't miss anything because I needed to know exactly what I needed to do in the next year until I could audition again. I had a whole year off. I was going to take a year off of college because I didn't get in. No, you may not record. Okay, I'm taking copies. Oh my God. I mean, Kelly, I am just dying here. Yes, I know. I'm taking copious notes. Um, what can I do? I'm told that I'm too classical. I mean, excuse me, I'm too jazz. I'm not classical enough. And, and I was like, okay, so what do I need to do this year to fix that? We need you to be taking um, all of the classical performance opportunities at the UW, like wind ensemble. I had never been in wind ensemble. I had been in the studio jazz band for um, four years. Um, okay, studio jazz one for four years. Okay, so um, what do I need to do? You need to be in wind ensemble, symphonic band. You need to continue with lessons and you need to not focus on jazz in your lessons, only classical. Okay. All right. So that means I have to register as a student just to be in the wind ensemble and continue private lessons. Yes, you're required to register as a student. Okay. So I am now paying an entire year's tuition to tread water and not take jazz ensembles, but to take classical ensembles. Okay. I do that all year. I add a women's studies major because what the hell else am I going to do? And I audition in the spring. Denied. <laughs> and then um, my dad asks if he should accompany me with a sledgehammer. And I say, no, dad, it's going to be okay. Let me handle this. And um, I go in with a letter of recommendation from Scott Brown, a letter who I was already teaching for the second jazz band at Roosevelt High School during this time. I go in with a letter of recommendation from Bob Nat, whose job I ended up taking after I graduated, and a letter from Roy Cummings. And I go in with my letters and I'm all about that business. I've done everything you required me to do at this point, it is very, I've also now finished a degree in women's studies. Um, what is happening now, it can only be sexism. And um, here are all of the recommendations. And if I am not accepted in the fall, we're gonna have a real big problem. Uh, this is my lawyer's card. I'll see you at the audition in September. Audition in September, accepted. Then these two men who kept this from me and for no reason, um, there was nowhere in documented requirements or anything like this, were then my teachers for the next two years who were guiding me on my journey and uh, making decisions about where I student taught and all of those things, period. Okay, that's my story. I think that um, that's probably a pretty regular occurrence. Well, my story is very similar, not quite as dramatic, but very similar in that a white man who was in charge of gatekeeping um, was the band director 
Um, now I'm a, I'm a string person. Um, I'm an orchestra teacher and um, I was, you know, just like Kelly, I had decided, yeah, I, I, I was in high school. I mean, I walked across that, that stage at the graduation and I grabbed that diploma and I'm like, I know what I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be an orchestra teacher. So I went to the University of Montana and the, the gatekeeping person who was also the band director at the University of Montana at the time was the person who taught the um, conducting class. Now conducting is one of those courses that in order to pass your music ed program, you must do well in that class. And in order to get certified, blah, de blah. Um, so, you know, I'm going through um, my first time through that class and um, just going through, you know, thinking I'm doing okay, hanging out with the rest of the people in my cohort, thinking I'm doing all right. Zero feedback throughout the quarter or semester, you know. Um, we get to the week before the finals and since he wasn't having any type of exam nor any type of live conducting event for the final um, and I had a, a gig three hours away. Um, I, I said, would it be okay if I got a hop on getting up to Kalispell for my gig? And his response to me was, Beth, how do you think you're doing in this class anyway? And so this was at the you know week before the final. And I was like, uh, see? <laughs> I mean, I had no idea, man, but I was like, lowballing, you know, lowball. <laughs> yeah, no idea. And anyway, he's like, he's like, no, you are failing this class. And I had no idea, man. Like it, I mean, it just totally ripped the, the rug out from under me. I thought I was doing everything you were asking me to do. Right. And so, you know, um, I had kind of a similar conversation that you had with Big West with my parents. <laughs> they didn't say they would show up with a sledgehammer, but they did say, you know, we are available if you want us to call. Right. And I said, I said, no, you know, I'm a college kid. I said, you know, I'm a college kid. I should be able to deal with this on my own. So I made an appointment with the dude and sat down in his office. And he's like, you know, have you thought that perhaps music ed isn't your thing? He's like, you could be like a music major. And I was like, dude, I am 10 minutes from like, graduating here like this is my last year this is um you know and as it turns out it turned out that like I think he was holding a grudge on me because I had taken the uh instrumental techniques class before passing my junior recital I hadn't taken so my unwritten recital. rule you didn't understand right and I took the class I aced it but I hadn't taken my junior recital and he was pissed that I didn't do that. How and dare you? Stop. How dare I, how dare I like cut corners or jump, you know, jump ahead in line or whatever. Um, and so I took, I, I was like, so what are my choices here? And he was like, well, you can change majors or you can um, take an incomplete and take it next year again. And so I took an incomplete, took it again, and he gave me a friggin' C, man. He gave me a C. And then, you know, fast forward to like my life, I take over for a very prestigious orchestra program and a couple of them, honestly. And I have conducted, like you name it, of literature you I have conducted in your friggin' field. Like, yeah. you don't, and you know what? It doesn't even matter. It does not even matter either of our success and the extra hoops we were made to jump through. It, it, even if we were crappy teachers, that never should have happened to us. No, I mean, <laughs> seriously, dude, like Kelly and I are leaders in our field at this time. And maybe it's because we went through this trauma. I don't know. I, but I like, make it a point to, to like anytime 
the UW starts taking any kind of credit for the fact that I'm a grad, I make it a point to let everyone know that it has nothing to do with that program. Nothing. <laughs> it's in spite of that program. Mm. And uh, is also why, Beth, you and I always took student teachers. We said yes. Always. Yeah. Every single time. But it was a subversive act. It's a subversive act. But, you know, I do have to say that, like, to this day, yeah. I still have a stigma about conducting. I'm extremely self-conscious about it. I'm really just, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's a sort really, of trauma. It really sucks. Yeah. It really sucks. So, Kevin, as it turns out, you have become like a sounding board. You haven't even been able to say one word. Look at 21 minutes and this dude is like our therapist over here. <laughs> I know. Well, I said we needed a therapist. I know. It wasn't even on purpose. You're such a sweetheart. He's sitting there listening, nodding like a good ally does. You yes. have just Kevin demonstrated allyship. Yes. How Thanks. you do it. I'm trying, you know. You nailed it, dude. You nailed it. You know, I, this is, you know, these are, these are, these are stories that, you know, I talking a little bit about my uh, background, you know, I, I'm a bit of a bit of a nomad, if you will. I, I grew up on the East coast, uh, actually started my high school in a show style band and uh, then moved to the Midwest suburbs and went, you know, full white guy music. And then you know, went to the University of Kansas and I, I fit the bill. And, and to be perfectly honest, uh, like most of my undergrad music education was, was really easy uh, and, and like really straightforward. Yeah. Um, it was built for you. It, yeah, um, but it's actually like, I kind of hit a, hit a really hard wall really quickly in my first year. Um, I've always had this passion for traveling. And so I actually, worked overseas for four years straight out of college. And so my first job was in Ho Chi Minh City, Vietnam, uh, with teaching uh, middle school, six through eight. And it was 144, it, although it was an international school, it was 144 Vietnamese students and like two white kids, uh, <laughs> who's like teacher's kids, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I like, you know, bring my Billy band director attitude to this, to this like sixth grade middle, you know, middle school class. And I get there and it's just like a, a four walled classroom with windows and they give me 25 guitars. I'm the first music teacher in the middle school. They've, the school's only like six years old and they say, teach music. Go. And I was like, uh, yeah. And, and so, so the, the Billy band director persona kind of, kind of disappeared really fast. Um, it was probably the best thing that ever happened to your teaching. It was great. I failed so much. Like my first year, I can kind of remember I did the like classic, you know, do a PowerPoint presentation on a, on a, you know, white guy composer. And I remember sitting, I did them all in one week. And I, I remember just like wanting to shoot myself by the end of it. Cause I was just like, these are so bad. And it's all my fault. <laughs> it's all my fault. <laughs> Your dreams of conducting Colst went right down the toilet. Just yeah. swirling yeah. right down the toilet. Yeah. Oh but you know, it's so funny because to damn near anyone who isn't, from a city where they had a school with one of the famous programs, you know, if, if you ask any of those folks what they expect of their music teacher, they probably picture what you had, which was some guitars and a group of kids. <laughs> and that's yeah. it. Yeah. And that is what music class is. I mean, it's so simple, but just, yes. Yeah. And it's, it, 
you know, it, it turned into this experimental ground. I kind of like held on to the, the, the media, if you will, like the songs and things that I knew, but I tried to, you know, find ways to reach them. Um, like as an example, you know, doing video scores, I was like into hook theory when it first came out. I don't know if you all have heard of that, but it's just like, you know, basically uh, garage band meets music theory kind okay. of talks about scales with colors and things mm -hmm. okay. um you know i was trying those things i did i did some collaborative stuff on like notation we had they were doing the civilization project in their middle school class and then i was like well okay how can we talk about music and so we talked about notation and what notation does and then they were able to like make up their own notation and and perform a piece from there you know and so we just tried all these really weird things and some of them worked and some of them didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Some of them you just start. Yeah. And you just like, they just go bye-bye sometimes. <laughs> and the natural inclination is to like, try and find someone to collaborate with or something that's happening to like grab onto for inspiration or something. And, uh, and to improvise, to try some things. <laughs> yeah. I love that. That's what you got to do to make it work. What I yes. wanted to know is how do we make our music ed departments work immediately better? Like, I mean, I, I kind of feel like the whole institution of higher education is crumbling and maybe falling apart and, uh, and perhaps we'll have an opportunity to completely restructure itself. But let's say that doesn't happen. Let's say things like auditions are still like gatekeepers. Well, yeah, let's say there's still like two white dudes letting everyone in willy nilly, not having to use a specific rubric or requirements or whatever. We're not giving feedback for a whole semester. <laughs> How, yeah, like what are the things that could easily be changed or in like how can we make it better tomorrow that's what i really want to know you know i've i've been thinking about that like um you know like any I, I i was kelly telling you a little bit about this like i think how i got invited on this i was actually inviting you for another collaborative thing uh yeah. that i'm i'm working on next quarter um i uh like any good millennial get my good ideas from netflix uh, yes. uh, and I was watching Abstract. I don't know if you all have seen that show. It's it's Netflix. Just takes you through like all of these designers. And I was watching, you know. So I got lots lots of cool ideas there. And so I was like, what is design? And you know, rabbit hole. Four hours later, I find you know design thinking. And um, you know, I've been I've been really diving pretty deep into it and uh, am trying to apply it to my courses. Uh, this collaboration, we're, we're specifically talking about uh, what I'll be hopefully applying to the curriculum and development course for instrumental music next quarter. Nice. Um, you know, d design thinking in a nutshell is, is really like culturally responsive teaching minus the like explicit culture part. Um, you know, you start from a place of empathy and compassion. You're like searching, doing a really good job of problem finding, right? Looking for those ways that you can improve with that beginner's mindset. You're coming up with all kinds of ideas that you can think of. And then, you know, prototyping, rapid prototyping, rapid testing, always trying to just get incrementally better. And, uh, you know, taking this crazy weird, twists and turns to, to arrive at something that's better for the people in front of you. Um, and so we're, yeah, we're gonna, I'm gonna make the whole course kind of like that. Um, you know, we got 10 weeks. Your whole program or your whole curriculum or, um, so it helps like with decision-making. Yeah. Also? Yeah. Yeah, we're, I mean, you know, I'm going to start the course like I, like I got started my first year of teaching, you know, you as a class, we, you've got to teach instrumental music, no band, no, like instrumental music. That's the only parameter, right? This, and they're middle schoolers. I, I love that. <laughs> middle school, 
is is great you know and and so this problem is like i i would be scared thinking about it you know but we need to we need to come up with different ideas and and my students are the ones that are coming up with these ideas you know they're feeling the critiques of it uh i have i have one gal in my class you know we've known each other the last year and a half she is absolutely my best critic and uh i feel like we've like I can say something and she'll just like pop in and be like, but didn't you mean? I'm like, yep, you're right. <laughs> and, and, you know, we're, it's, uh, it's been a little uh, bit of a push and pull with them. Cause uh, I think we've all, at least I have, and they have as well kind of grown up in this testing culture, yeah. right? Where you got it, you got to get the A and like, I was a great student. I knew, but I knew how to work smart. I'm, I'm not always a very hard worker, but I'm a really smart worker. Um, so I could do the tests and I could do all of that, but it's like that mindset of it's gotta be this way or it's wrong is, is really what I'm trying to break mm -hmm. and, uh, help people just sit in that ambiguity and, and like be able to take steps forward, you know? Because that's ultimately like a kind of the reality that people will walk into. It's pretty darn rare that you walk into a situation where you're going to just walk and grab your baton and be like, all right, get out the holst. You, <laughs> you know, think that's what you're about to do. And Beth yeah. and I both went into jobs where yes. that was what we could do. Mm -hmm. There is still so much like i mean if you got some bigger problems and some yeah. bigger fish to fry if yeah. those middle schoolers are doing the host okay yeah. so no um, okay <laughs> um if you, you you gotta engineer the heck out of that stuff mm -hmm. man like there is some major engineering of curriculum going on mm -hmm. in programs where the middle schoolers are playing the host and um, uh, and the high schoolers. And um, it, it isn't just this, you walk onto the podium and you get to like flourish your arms and like, you know, do your artistic. You go. And then we're off. <laughs> that cacophony of the first sound is like. Yeah. yeah. Um, middle school is like the most beautiful age. It's just the most beautiful age. Yeah, yeah. You love it or you hate it, but and honestly, I, like, I'm a lover. If you are, um, if you are like what you're saying, like you're going to teach instrumental music. So you might have kid on guitar, an oboe, a violin, a cello, a couple yeah. of flutes, clarinet kid on a drum you yeah. know what i mean like yeah. what are you gonna do with that <laughs> what are you gonna do with that and it's like um if you are truly if you are truly looking at this document and i keep it underneath my keyboard nice this is the uh yep the national, national standards, standards. If yeah. you are truly um, addressing that document, and I reference it constantly, then um, you will, with that ragtag group of kids, be doing some cool stuff. And it's going to be, it's going to be one of those things that moves that kid from point A to point B. They are involved in something they are invested in something they're learning a ton and they're being equipped with tools to um to utilize outside of the walls of the band room or the orchestra room and um that should be the whole entire point that's the whole entire point and anything beyond that is generally speaking the teacher or the parents ego is happening and it right. is infiltrating the brains of these kids who just want to play some friggin' music they don't really care yeah. what, what or how they just want to play music with their friends man 
Yeah, and I mean, you know, I think, I think the uh, the national standards are actually like a great way to think about this. Yeah. Like, there's there. I mean, sure, there's like the leveled rubric, but really, it just like adds context to these these skills, right? And so, how do you how do you measure which way is the the right way, right? It could be this way, or or in this culture, or in this way, and so like, yeah, we got to get. We got to get over that. We're all figuring it out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and um, I mean, in this pivotal moment, like when colleges could and should be in the position to say, "Look, we're gonna we're gonna revamp how we let people into our school and into our program." We're gonna do things like stop requiring Western art music audition materials. We're going to go ahead and um, allow people who may or may not have the desire to even spend any time in a um, Eurocentric ensemble. We're going to allow them to still be a part of the program. We're going to serve them and their musical goals so that they can go out and teach their kind of music yeah uh, you know We're, uh, you know i i kelly i i'm sorry that your uw music experience was what it was hella long ago um you know but but hopeful update i guess uh you know we're having these kinds of conversations at at UW like this year uh there's been this really cool student organization that's formed uh it formed over the summer and tell has us, had tell us what we're allowed to know i think i know kind of the inside yeah there i mean i don't you know i don't as a as a visiting professor i i tend to kind of stay outside of the uh, outside of the loop if uh, for a lot of things but um you know this this student group is, has met with the dean the new dean and like they're talking conversations about how uh, their student needs, right? Addressing those immediate student needs. Uh, we have in music education, at least, uh, we have our weekly meetings now with a student representative uh, who's meeting with us every, every week. Um, just, you know, check in. Here's what our students are saying. Here's concerns they have. Uh, we actually had a, a student presentation yesterday as a matter on, you know, um, like for example, they were, they've been really, our, our student teachers, those that are seniors this year did student teaching online in the spring and will probably do student teaching online in the fall and, or, or in this coming spring. And, you know, they're really concerned about this emphasis of remote education. And, you know, so that's like, that's really good feedback for us because the way I was approaching it was like, well, I'm teaching you how to like do rote teaching just over Zoom, but like maybe you haven't made that transfer yet. And I need, so I need to help you make that, you know? And so we're like engaging in these dialogues and, and starting this. Uh, I think we have like a two or three hour workshop coming up uh, where we're all gonna get together and kind of talk about things, where we can move them, what needs to stay, uh, how can we condense and, and move things around. So, you know, things are in, things are moving now. Like things are moving, that's nice. Yeah. Beth and I were talking, um, you know, before the show, before you joined us for the show that um, my vision of colleges is always that they are a place at the very front of everything you know and i think of that of the uw being a research yeah um, school it's always, one of the top eight schools in the nation or something like this always being at the front and moving forward and then you look at the music ed department that i graduated in 2004 yeah. it was a dinosaur then <laughs> Yeah. Dinosaur. Well, you know, that's not. I, I mean, you know, that's that's how that's I approach. That's I'm I'm very very new to this. Like 
yeah. still writing the dissertation, technically still yeah. grad student, but yeah. yeah, like, you know, I, my approach to this is, is one of service. Like my music thing is thinking about music or like thinking about helping you be better at your job. Like I've done my time there and I enjoyed it, but I really like the, like nerding out on the books and like thinking about these weird ideas and going on long walks and trying to unconfuse myself you know like yeah. somebody's got to do that and and that's what's enjoyable for me um so you know music music education support uh is is how i view my job yeah so. that's great it's kind of um you know it goes back to the uh the roots that we were talking about with chris yeah Nina. um the um, Seattle Public Schools arts teachers have adopted this list of roots. Um, and one of them is liberatory. Yeah. And I, don't know I think we should be thinking about that word and everything we do in a music classroom should be designed to be liberatory. Mm -hmm to our students. Mm -hmm. And by that, I mean, it should be um, equipping them with skills to use outside of the classroom. It should be equipping them with um, inspiration to want to do music outside of the classroom. It should be equipping them with motivation and intrinsic like drive. To you should work yourself out of a job. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it really should be the point. And um, uh, in our school, we're doing a lot of anti-racist work right now. And um, just just recently, we were um, talking about um, white supremacy culture and the different aspects of white supremacy culture. Yeah. Um, and one of them was um, like, um, patriarchal or like mm -hmm. that type of uh, decision making. Yes. So um, I was talking with a small group of teachers and I was like, man, um, you know, I think that I personally am a person that used to be a person that made a lot of those types of decisions. Mm -hmm. I made a lot of decisions as a music teacher in middle school, Kelly, you and I. Yes where we were like, nope. And the kids would be like, why? And we would be like, cause I said so. And you know, like we got by so many times just doing that. Yeah. yeah. And you know, our reason was for order. Right, for of course. <laughs> but you know, but we didn't ever explain it to the kids. We didn't ever um, you know, and I, I come marching in, Kevin, a lot like you, um, with your very first teaching job, I come marching into this high school gig and, um, I'm just like, I start out in my old way. <laughs> and let me tell you, man, that backfired like a mofo. Yep. And, um, I, I then realized that I need to start being upfront and above board about my decisions. And all my decisions need to be decisions that are liberatory for my students. So, um, cause you know what, even if the kids aren't into it now, at least you can stand by it. Right. You yeah. know, right. Reach yeah. a place where our students are going to start demanding that of us as they yeah. should, as they should. And I think, um, God, I've been thinking so much about, thinking is the wrong word stewing is a better yeah. word. I've been stewing about how it is that I have so many colleagues who I really like as people and respect maybe less so now than I used to but as far as their careers but I know that they have enhanced many many lives I know that um and I still am so baffled as to how what we're anything that beth and i have talked about on basically any episode of this show 
how it maybe is something they've never con like even considered or maybe considered but they're like e or immediately dismissed as you know yeah gobbly like or or just a little too edgy <laughs> yeah um and it's like just Dude. like falling back on the comfort level of um practiced mm -hmm. techniques and and uh things that that you know ways of going about things uh you know like but i am telling you the time is up it is on the way the kids are on to you i am on to you like it you know what that's Absolutely. it that's what it is and and God, it couldn't be offering more easy, accessible, free ways to hop on board. You know, like hop on folks. It's the change yeah. is a coming, bro. Yeah. You know, I think, I, I mean, you know, I think about, I think a lot about this year and like my intersection as, as the like antithesis of, of all of this a lot. And, you know, I, you know, on one hand, I'm like, okay, well, okay, what do I do? But on the other hand, like, it's not about me. You know, it's, right. it's about the people I'm teaching. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna help the people. Like, I worried about that for a little while uh, this year. <laughs> and I've like, been really anxious. So I, I imagine there are a lot of people that that have been but then I like, you know, just kind of hit this point of like, it's, it's not about me. It is, it is about the students that I am in front of and the, the, the change that I can affect uh, in others. And, you know, they're the ones that, that need this more yeah. than me. These and students are about to go do it. Yeah. And they're about well, to help all of us do better because for reals, we still have teachers posting every day in Facebook groups asking for third trumpet parts for lame jazz arrangement by some white dude on staff at pepper um still yeah what how like if that does not make steam come out of your ear holes i don't know and then everyone chimes in oh i might have it i'll go look how do you have that chart how do you what do we do how did i and i don't know what to <laughs> do because i i i don't want to be like the snob police and hop on there like, why do you even have that song? Because that's my first thing. And I <laughs> have that. That is, and that's highly judgmental. And yes, I am. But um, how do I hop in on that? And like, maybe this would be a good time to learn that jazz standard. Um, uh, uh, the melody as an entire class maybe that would be more culturally responsive like I don't know how to insert myself in that way so I just look at it and I go and I just keep scrolling because I don't really know how to help I don't know what to do I'm at a little bit of a place where I don't know what's appropriate but I just I just want it to be better. I really do. <laughs> How can we make it better at the college level? So we've got these kids, the current UW music students have like formed a committee of students. They're asking for things um, and they're starting to get them. That is dope. How maybe is, is the collegiate WMEA involved with that? Can no, I don't think so, but that's not it. College music ed students doing that. What could we do? How could we activate yeah. that? Yeah, I mean, it just. There needs to be like, yeah, levels of, of collaboration. Like, you know, for this course I'm talking about in the winter, like, I, I'm hoping to get Kelly in here, but then like, I'm also looking for students, right? We're gonna try these little lessons and they might work and they might not, but we need to, we, we need students to do that. I, I they, they need to be willing and like, they need to be willing to jump out of the circle of comfort. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so like, you know, working with schools and, and trying these things out with real kids and like getting honest feedback from the students. Um, okay, so maybe and building that mindset. 
yeah the mindset like the prototyping mindset yeah that's what i that's what i really love about design that that like culturally responsive teaching doesn't always have is that beginner's mindset and this like idea that i'm just going to prototype until it works you know very pragmatic i'm going to try it try it change this one little thing did it work did it not work try this one next thing and you know like like these were my notes today yeah you know? like this type of thing messy messy try that's because that's how it is that's what beth and i do all the time let's try and it. messy yeah. is okay messy yeah. is okay is anyone gonna get hurt if it doesn't work okay then let's try it <laughs> and also you know getting away from the need for some type of performance after everything you do yeah do we always yeah. have to have a show on stage? Do we always have to do that? No. no. We can't no. do that this year. Right. No. And this but, is man, like, but it's still well, going on. We're still trying. Though. Well, there's, there's, I mean, I'm still, you know, we're all still being pressured to like put together virtual things, mm -hmm. which let's be clear, is not playing live. This is not live performance. It's no. not. And I'll probably do a couple, but you know what? I'm gonna hire someone. Oh yeah, totally. Me too. I'm totally hiring someone, man. Absolutely. I ain't got no time to sit there and learn how to do that. No way, man. I mean, needs for us to pay for this, and so that's where I can, I can, I get a little bit of an advantage being in college because I can. It's like actually academically relevant for them to like. No, let's let's talk about music production and like you do this. Right. <laughs> so I, I have that advantage that you all don't have for sure. Yeah, well, I am, I am very lucky in that I am collaborating with your uh, counterpart, Christopher Hansen from SPU. SPU yeah. Um, mm, cool. So I'm hopping into a, a project with him and the SPU students are doing just that. They're going nice. to, they're going to be recording all the solo tracks that my kids get to listen to and play along to and then they're going to be doing the mixing and mastering and all that stuff of a recording <laughs> video <laughs> that's awesome yeah so so they're like doing what is it like a backing track that they're creating no it's a like collaborative um project that the spu orchestra is doing with various uh i guess there's like three or four high schools mine included okay. and um we're all working together we're all playing the same piece oh cool we're gonna yeah. submit recordings and videos to spu and they're gonna glue it all together and yeah um, that's awesome yeah. i mean it's not that it's not cool but it's also extra certainly not required and only possible because there are other people involved oh absolutely it's, this is yeah. something that I could not do by myself. No way, man. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. I think um, I think this is a good time to be a college like music ed major. It feels like if we educate these folks correctly, that they will be ready to rip. Just you because know, you have I, to make it work. Make it work. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, uh, I think in that way, COVID has been this like blessing in disguise, you know, it's forced everyone into this ambiguity. Like mm -hmm. you can't, nobody's not in it. And so like, I guess, you know, where I'm at right now is, is trying to help everyone, at least my students, you know, help everyone realize that we're all in this right now. Yeah. Like, yeah. You're about yeah, to go student they're asking questions about the future. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I, I don't know, you know, S some schools I've seen are in this like weird hybrid thing, right? Uh, I come from a place where snow days are a thing, but they're probably not gonna be a thing anymore. anymore. Right. You know, like the whole school experience is changing right well, now. That's, that's where this design thinking comes in as a handy tool to have in your pocket yeah. because um, no one knows what the future is going to be like. We're going to have to like invent as we go. Right now, we're flying the plane while we're, you know, riding it. Um, yeah. We're building it while we're riding it. Nice. Right. Building it while we're 
flying it and um and it's gonna be like that for a long time i mean a long time. like going yeah. into hybrid oh my god i like thinking about that makes me want to like die literally well, we have to make die. it okay to not we have to not only make it okay we have to make it expected i think that when we if we ever get back to what like having 80 kids in a room at a time that if that's ever allowed again it 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 needs to look different like we have to not be trying to build the same thing again because it broke and in its breaking it exposed harm Mm -hmm. yeah you know talking about this design thinking right this is that's my answer to okay the Legos have fallen apart. Mm-hmm. How do we put yeah. them back together? And I think the neat thing about this, it's, you know, it's more of a, a mindset and attitude than, than like this clear, I mean, there's a little bit of method to it, but you know, it can be very applicable. What your school does and is prototyping on can be different from what this other school is, but you're still doing, you're operating under these same principles and these same values of experimentation and collaboration and creativity and agency and compassion and right. uh, you know I think what we assume is the first I assumed for a long time that the way our school music programs look now were that evolution of best practice into this pinnacle of what it should be that best is not aesthetic practice. that is historically false it is historically false that that happened best aesthetic practice you know and and i think that that we like you know in the music education sometimes forget about the education part (laughs) you know and just it's like the music part we're moving towards performances all the time right yeah the cool thing about this this whole like legos visual Mm -hmm. is that yeah the legos are chunks their pieces right and as people in music ed programs you're learning all these different little pieces that fit together and yeah it's true like somebody totally destroyed the lego uh structure whatever whatever music education was godzilla just went (laughs) it's done but you know the lego pieces are still there and the incredibly freeing way of thinking about it is we got these pieces but we don't have to put it back together the same way we can sort them in a different way yeah and you know what we all of us as music teachers and i was i've been really like obsessing on this one today in fact we all as music teachers have the skills to teach jazz you have everyone has the skills folks that we've just been taught because of this supremacy idea yeah jazz musicians are very guilty of the snobbery and supremacy thinking um we hold you know this idea that um you have to pay your dues you have to learn things before you do this and that's not real that's not real and jazz is not more important necessarily than anything else like we jazz musicians have done it to themselves and narrowed their thing on on our own we deserve every last bit of now people saying well i don't i don't know enough to teach jazz yes i'm running it i'm i'm running into that a lot with this uh, the jazz ped group they're just like scared of it Everybody yeah. has enough. It's jazz musicians' fault that you There's feel tons that of way. gatekeeping in jazz. Absolutely. That is some white cis dude patriarchal <laughs> shit right there. <laughs> Those guys. I'm the so over it. Oh, Kelly, crazy. you know, I am so friggin' like proud of the fact that I could come up to a friggin' jazz band and count them off the right way. Like Absolutely. I'm so proud of myself. Every music teacher has that, has the Legos to do that. Yes. Everyone, we all have the Legos to teach a mariachi ensemble. We all have the Legos to do a bluegrass group. We all have them. 
We just need to know how to put them together. And maybe we need to go to the store and get some more red Legos. And that's, you know, taking right. professional development and having a guest conductor and all those things that we need to do to get more of whatever kind of Lego you need. But you all have somewhere right. to start. Well, and then the other, the other part of this is the permission. Because so much, so many of us walk along in our music ed journey thinking, oh, I don't, I'm a string lady. I don't have permission to count off a jazz band. Right. Yeah. 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 Permission's huge. Yeah. Permission's huge. Like, who decided who gives permission? I, yeah. I don't know. I was not consulted on that. I was not consulted on whoever made that decision, and I reject it. I reject it too. I, I agree. I reject, <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't like, <laughs> I don't like, I don't, I just, it always makes me feel icky. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't like that. <laughs> it's, icky, it's icky. So I, I think this Lego idea is cool. I'm kind of obsessed with design it. thinking, dude, design thinking. That's, cool. you know, West coast tech bro version of, of culture responsive teaching. It's, yeah. it's the same thing. It's nothing new under the sun. Yeah. Just a just a different iteration of what we are talking about is that is like good teaching that we're trying to help people find. And honestly, it's like a, a person who's like super motivated to learn music or learn composition or learn an instrument. That's what it's going to be. It's going to be like, I'm going to prototype until I figure something out. Yeah. I'm going to squeak and squawk until I can actually make that beautiful tone. Absolutely. Yep. I like that. I, uh, and I also am left thinking that we need to activate music ed students a little bit more to be collaborating with various colleagues from other schools and like really demanding something a little bit better for their education. I mean, truly, even the best, you know, music ed programs are still dinosaurs. You know, yeah. they're still I think, Western art music focused. I think they are. You know, I, th I think you're speaking for there are a lot of them. I do yeah. think morning is breaking. Yeah, I think you're I, right. I really do. Just to like, yeah. you know, good. I'm, I'm trying to be optimistic about this, you know. That's good. <laughs> Our friend Bert Ligon and, you know, we have friends that teach alt strings at the college yeah. level, which is pretty... Mm -hmm radical still and um you know i know people are doing it but i think it needs to happen a little faster we could i think we're poised in seattle to lead that work we have it's a, it's a good place to do it an amazing legacy of music education but also it's a very creative place and with a school like cornish where you know, some of the great minds of music are situated and a city so rich in um, music, it feels like a good place to, you know. Not to mention kind of a, it, it is a place where there is a bit of the music industry. There's, yeah. there's things going on here in Seattle that could make this kind of blow up in a really great way. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, you let our stu your students know that the Beth and Kelly show are right there to help. Yes. And um, uh, if I had a class of kids, they could try their prototypes out any old time, but I don't. I do. So they can come to Ballard High School anytime. Please do not tell them that I am available for a conducting workshop. <laughs> I sure? shan't be doing that. Okay. <laughs> That's we can find something else to do yeah please please bring it on though like bring yeah. students to ballard high school do it yeah we can make that happen i am really glad to know that um students at the uw are like activating and trying to be change agents I oh yeah they've cool. they've been they've been kicking tail this this year they yeah. uh there was a group of probably i think it was about 12 or 13 of them uh, from the School of Music, mostly music ed though, a few of the ethno students as well, but uh, yeah, they just like, it was like 20 minute PowerPoint, like four or five speakers, 
it was it was cool just like you know this is a thing we need this one of those students was interning at Seattle Jazz Ed when some of that was happening. So I had a little bit of some inside scoop. Okay. Here, which was kind of fun. Um, all right. Well, ah, it's time. It's fine. I just. Yeah. Yeah. It goes so fast. Oh, it goes so fast. Um, Kevin, thank you so much for joining us. I feel um, recharged about thinking yeah. about new teachers and what they're up to. And new ways of thinking. Yeah. Yeah, we're trying. Putting we're trying. the Legos back together. Again. We're putting the Legos back together. Putting Absolutely. Legos back. I love that so much. And uh, next week is a very special Beth and Kelly show because it is a part of the Earshot Jazz Festival. Woo! Oh, awesome. You're going to be on a Saturday, uh, not on Friday. And um, folks will, it's best if you um, RSVP, it's free. And you can come to the Beth and Kelly show on Saturday, Super VIP Earshot Jazz. So uh, everyone do that. And uh, we'll check you later, folks. See you Saturday. Bye. Bye. A million thanks to our listeners, followers, and subscribers. The support we receive monetarily and otherwise helps us to be able to spend time creating a quality product and it allows us to tap into partnerships and resources to which we wouldn't normally have access. We are stoked about the journey of learning we have ahead of us and we are delighted you've decided to join.